Hello, I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview, the premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Find out how RAIN can help you stay ahead of global events at rainnetwork.com. This is RAIN's Essential Geopolitics Podcast, offering critical insights that you need to know. I'm Emily Donahue, and I welcome you to the show. The relationship between the United States and Saudi Arabia dates back to the early years of the 20th century. At its heart, for most of that, was oil, then Middle East strategy, and now confusion. If I've stumped you, give me a second, because Emily Hawthorne is here to discuss U.S.-Saudi relations. She's a senior Middle East and North Africa analyst with RAIN. Welcome to the podcast, Emily. Thank you. So let's talk about uh, this relationship. I believe there's new leadership in Saudi Arabia, and that could have an effect on those relations. Can you give me some more details? Yeah, so in essence, we have some new titles, but not really any new leadership. Um, some of the same leadership, existing leadership, uh, accruing more titles and more official power. So King Salman of Saudi Arabia issued a royal decree on September 27th that Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman is the kingdom's prime minister. And this is interesting because it departs from the last several decades of royal tradition in which the king was also prime minister. In essence, in Saudi Arabia, because Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman has already accrued so many powerful titles, so many positions of influence, he was a former defense minister, the head of the Aramco Supreme Council, the Council of Economic Development, etc., etc., because he already had this steady buildup of influence and this consolidation of power, this is really an official formalization um, of what MBS has in terms of power. Um, but it, it it does officially make him the head of government in Saudi Arabia, and that was not official before. So um, it 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 does sort of create a status that forces other countries' leaders to interact with him um, uh, as really the official sort of leader of everything that's going on, um, even though technically, of course, the king is still in power. So there are questions about what this will mean um, as time goes on. Um, with respect to the United States, um, with whom Saudi Arabia has a pragmatic but tense relationship, um, there are questions about whether Mohammed bin Salman having this more formal status could grant him some immunity in U.S. courts. And there are there are some legal pressures against Mohammed bin Salman, um, not least of which a U.S. federal district court case brought by plaintiffs related to the killing of Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi uh, in 2018. Um, and his lawyers, um, you know, after the this royal decree, uh, Mohammed bin Salman's lawyers in the United States said, oh, well, this new status makes him immune to prosecution. Um, and that court case is still playing out. But it's just an example of the kind of um, impacts of this sort of broadening of power that this individual has. Um, and really, it's this individual that the United States government and administration after administration in the years to come, they're going to be working with this one individual moving forward. Um, so really, as we're looking at Saudi-U.S. relations, it's it's a lot of, you know, Washington, Mohammed bin Salman relations. And I think that that's what makes uh, this individual so important to watch as we determine where this bilateral relationship is heading. 
Well, Emily, I did mention that oil is a big factor in the relationship. Um, what is going on with the energy and oil markets between both countries? It It is. Energy and oil, of course, is a huge factor in this relationship. And, you know, we talk about this internally a lot, the other analysts and myself, about, you know, which priorities do the U.S. and uh, the Saudi governments have in common and where do their interests diverge? Um, arguably, oil used to be a much more important component in their bilateral relationship. And over the years, the relationship has taken on more of a security dynamic um, and and really they rely on each other less for, um, you know, the United States importing Saudi oil. Um, that's just not the way that um, the sort of U.S. Uh, gets most of its energy. Um, it, it, it That relationship has absolutely changed. But the United States still does rely on countries like Saudi Arabia, which sort of acts as the um, de facto ruler of, of the OPEC plus cartel. Um, it sort of relies on them to um, maintain some stability in energy markets. And what we've seen over the last several months um, and longer is that Saudi Arabia is acting for its own interests and for the interests of OPEC plus and not really for U.S. interests. Uh, you know, U.S. President Joe Biden was in Saudi Arabia in July um, trying to um, really encourage the kingdom to increase uh, crude oil production to try and sort of mitigate the impact of rising oil prices and rising gasoline prices here at home in the United States. Um, and and that, you know, Saudi Arabia did um, back like a, a very, very small hike in production. Um, but what we've just seen um, on October 5th was an agreement um, by the members of OPEC Plus, led by Saudi Arabia, to cut their production by 2 million barrels a day. And that's huge. And that um, really indicates that the U.S. does not have influence over what Saudi Arabia does with its energy markets and with oil. And that is, of course, a a problem or a, um, sort of a, a thorn in the side of this relationship. And um, I think that that's gonna, going to just continue as Saudi Arabia wants to not be dependent on other countries for its own needs and um, and as the U.S.-Saudi relationship really relies more on security pillars and less on uh, that energy pillar. Well, Emily, that said, how does this relationship impact other regional issues in the Middle East and global issues for that matter? Yeah, this relationship does matter for a handful of regional and global issues. It's not just important for the sake of the bilateral relationship. For regional issues, of course, um, there's a handful of things that we could discuss, but just a, a couple that come immediately to mind. One is the trend of Israeli normalization uh, between, um, you know, normalization between Israel and Arab states um, beyond just the peace agreements that have been in place with Jordan and Egypt for, for many, many years. Um, we've seen over the last few years normalization with uh, the UAE, Morocco, um, and there's there are questions about uh, what would come next, what would be the next sort of Arab state to embrace normalization with Israel. Saudi Arabia would be a really big prize for Israel and for supporters of this trend of Israeli Arab normalization. It would be, you know, easily um, the most powerful of the Arab countries that hasn't yet normalized with Israel and whose eventual normalization um if and when they do it, would 
amount to a sort of a big statement on Palestinian statehood. Um, and so Saudi Arabia is not moving quickly to normalize with Israel. But, you know, its relationship with the United States and what it gets from the United States in terms of security guarantees, um, what it uh, understands uh, the United States is willing to do for Saudi Arabia with respect to protecting it from Iran, um, which is really um, Iran and sort of the the semi-related Yemen war uh, are, you know, two of Saudi Arabia's primary, primary security concerns. Um, so the trend of Israeli normalization is, is one big thing to watch. And the, the health of the U.S.-Saudi relationship is going to impact the future of that trend. And then, of course, another regional issue that I already just briefly mentioned is Iran and what happens between Iran and the United States, what happens with Iran and the nuclear deal. Saudi Arabia is one of the biggest regional countries, one of the biggest Arab states, um, one of the biggest Persian Gulf countries that is very concerned about what happens with Iran uh, and with its nuclear program, with its ballistic missile program, with its support for proxy militias across the region. All of this has sort of a direct and indirect effect on Saudi security. So uh, Saudi Arabia wants to know what the U.S. policy is on Iran. Um, and they, of course, are talking about this all the time. Um, but it's just that's one of the big questions moving forward um, between the, the two countries. And it, it impacts the trust level between Washington and Riyadh, sort of what the U.S. is doing with respect to Iran or not doing. Um, global issues, there's a lot. But um, I would say that the relationships that Saudi Arabia has with China and Russia um, are uh, sort of directly related to Saudi Arabia's relationships with the United States and with other Western countries. Um, Saudi Arabia definitely wants to have a degree of strategic independence and not be solely reliant on the United States for its security, for its uh, economic health. And, and it's really not, you know, Saudi Arabia is not dependent on the United States for, for its um, economic health. It is somewhat dependent on the United States for um, its security umbrella and for a lot of its military equipment. But that's been changing. And Saudi Arabia has been sort of probing, deepening its relationship with China, deepening its relationship with Russia, um, economically and militarily, not displacing the United States, but certainly uh, embracing more and more Chinese and Russian influence. And that's going to be a big factor in the U.S.-Saudi relationship moving forward and how the U.S. gauges that to be a strategic threat to the United States, not just in Saudi Arabia, but in the broader region, is going to impact how the United States conducts its relationship with Saudi Arabia moving forward. So those are kind of the main issues as I see them. Well, thank you for that analysis, Emily. There's a lot to chew on in there. You're welcome. Absolutely. Emily Hawthorne is a senior Middle East and North Africa analyst with RAIN. Her analysis is regularly featured in RAIN Worldview, our geopolitical intelligence solution for security professionals. Learn how RAIN can help your business with critical insights, analysis, and support to ensure business continuity and resiliency. Send us an email at info at rainnetwork.com. That's info at R-A-N-E network.com. And as always, I'm Emily Donahue, and I thank you for listening. 